intro, intro. I just realized that you wouldn't see me dancing. <laughs> I was just like, yeah, but no sound attached to that. I'm doing a little shimmy at my chair. So, welcome back to Novel Idea Podcast with Liz and Athalia. Yay! On this month's podcast, we are breaking down the book The Taking of Jake Livingston by Ryan Douglas. I definitely had to double check, make sure I knew what the name was. Yeah, his last name has two S's, which I've never seen before in Douglas. Douglas. <laughs> Ryan ass. Douglas, we mean no offense, yeah. but we've never seen it, Mom, and it's funny. Ass. The word's ass. Remember Louise? She said that on Bob's Burgers? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. There's the word ass and things. Yeah. I remember being young, and that was always hilarious when there was a bad word and like a normal word. Yeah. Or the word damn. I was like a beaver dam, mm-hmm. and I'm like, I can't say it because it's a bad word, too. Oh, yeah. Or people were like, I don't want to see the country of Africa, Niger. It's like, well, it's Niger. It's not the other word. <laughs> it's not. So <laughs> there's no. Con- confusion there actually yeah or uh the little kid who didn't want to say the name of the crayon in spanish the black crayon in spanish because it was negro uh, it's negro i know but he said it that way so that was uh you just want you just want attention apparently well i think he was like six so i think he was just concerned also that's kind of young to know that that means something different too yeah that's kind of sad little concerning yeah Anyway, yeah, off of that tangent of... <laughs> yeah, we'll, t- we'll, we'll talk more about black people in this book. <laughs> because this book... <laughs> All right, so a quick breakdown of this book, if you want to read the summary for everyone. <coughs> You're being way too extra. Right? <coughs> 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 being goofy. Living in two worlds is exhausting, and no one knows this better than 16-year-old Jake Livingston. I did not know he was 16. He said he was a junior, and I was like, 17? I was picking up, like, 15-year-old vibes, so... Oh, okay. I was picking up younger, so that actually surprised me, too. Okay. His working-class, diverse neighborhood is a far cry from the world of St. Clair Prep, where he is one of the only black students constantly at the mercy of racist teachers and peers who don't understand him. But when his neighbor, a survivor of a grisly school shooting, is murdered, the bloody initials of the now-dead shooter, Sawyer Dune, are left on the entry wall, entryway wall of Jake's home, and Jake is forced to confront another world as world he wishes he could escape, the world of the dead. As a medium, Jake sees ghosts around him all the time. Most are harmless, stuck in their death loops as they relive their deaths over and over again. They rarely interact with people. And while for the most of his life, Jake has avoided them, this time there's no running away. Sawyer was a troubled teen who shot and killed six kids at a local high school before taking his own life. Now he's a powerful, vengeful ghost, and he has plans for his afterlife, plans that include Jake. When Sawyer begins stalking him, high school becomes a different kind of survival game. One, Jake is not sure... He can win. Ba 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 bum. Yeah. Okay, so first initial thoughts. What did you vibe with the whole book? So, and we texted about this. Yes, we did. I think the first half of the book was way more character driven than plot driven. And it was very confusing for me because after reading the description, I'm like, when are we gonna get all this stuff? Because in the first half of the book, you are introduced to several ghosts, kind of. He calls them, like, ghouls. Mm -hmm. Spirits, whatever. Spirits, and they don't really interact with him. They're just kind of, like, around him. But I was expecting more interaction, I think, between him and the ghosts. And until our main antagonist shows up, the bad ghost, you don't really get that. So I was just kind of like, okay. And he describes the, um, the ghost mist, the ectoplasm. Yeah. 
And it's just, it was a lot in the first half where he was like, the ectomist, the ectomist, the ectomist. And I'm like, I don't really know what this means. I don't really get it. I'm not really scared. I'm just kind of bored that you keep reusing the same word for this over and over. I feel it like it's like, like when Star Wars first came out and it was like the the fourth episode and everyone's like, what the hell is this? What the hell? And it's like this world that apparently exists and everybody just had to hop on board. That's what this first half of the book. That is a good example. Like he seemed very passive about everything. Like, la-dee-dee-da-da. Another car burst into my second period geometry class, but it was a ghost car. So nobody else reacted. So I'm like, what? Like, getting into the second part of the book, I kind of get it, because it's like, how can you have conversations with people about this? No one's going to believe you. And so he's just kind of like, not only am I black in this super white school, now I see all these spirits, and no one even cares about me as a black person. So why would they care about my, what I see? So Also, when we do, so there is a love interest, but he doesn't really get introduced until halfway through, which I was like, oh, there he is. At first, I'm not going to lie, there's a bully in the book, Chad. I was like, is Chad going to be the love interest? Don't do that. No, but to be honest. Is this an enemies to lovers thing? To be honest, though, he is kind of sus. Chad is super sus. Super suspicious. Yeah, I was thinking the same thing. You hate our main protagonist a little bit too much, and he always writes in the book that... Chad, the bully, is pays too much attention. Always to him. watching him mm-hmm. and corners him in the gym locker rooms, and I was like, "Um, are we hiding from something, sir?" I know, honey. Chad, are you closeted, maybe. Nothing's wrong with that. You'd probably be more accepted because you're white, but bro. Anyway, so yeah. we have Jake, and then he has his older brother Benji. Benji, yeah. And Benji and him kind of ignore each other because. I guess Benji, you find out later in the book that Jake has told Benji before that he can see ghosts, but Benji's like, you're mentally ill, you freak. Yeah. And he's like a very stereotypical, like, Disney big brother. Oh, yeah. Like, of like you nerd, go away, you nerd. Yeah. I like to do women. Yeah, Jake, he <laughs> describes himself as, like, dark skin with, like, kinky hair, and he's really skinny, and his brother's, like, the complete opposite. He's, like, super tall, super broad, light skin, nice hair. Um... Could be a football player. Yeah, pretty much. He's like a big football player vibe. Yeah, he's pretty popular. He's pretty tall. So everybody's about Benji. Everyone's like, oh, you're Benji's brother. But he's like a bad boy popular because yeah. he doesn't wear the dress code to their all-white school. He doesn't play by the rules of the teachers. He's going always going to the principal's office. He's a bad boy. Yeah. And he always cheats on his girlfriend. Yeah. And she accepts it. And that felt really weird to me. Yeah, like... You're in high school, and you're already a scumbag. (laughs) I know. You already kind of suck. And his character arc, I didn't really appreciate. But I'll explain more why later. Um, Anyway, so so we have Benji, we have Jake, and then we have Jake's quote-unquote friend. Grady. Grady. Who is a fucking dick. Who is really only using Jake as a friend to try to get close to Benji so he can also be popular because he's like a nerdy junior. It's so funny because when he talked about how he met Grady and how Grady just like sat with him and he hasn't been able to like get rid of him since. I was like, that's the perfect way to explain that (laughs) you could literally not care whether he is near you or not. And that's how he treats him. He's just like, he's here. But yeah, he's a dick. 
Anyway, so... And then Fiona. Fiona, who is a female character who at first, like... Jake never outright states until later in the book that he's gay. Mm. And so you're like, is Fiona into him? Like, is there going to be some sort of thing here? But no, she's just a really good friend. And she's one of the few people that kind of sticks up for him. Nobody really outwardly sticks up for him, which I was kind of like... Sadness. I mean, it happens. So. It does. It does. So that felt very real and very sad, and it made me sad. Yeah. <laughs> it's, uh, it, well, also when you're younger, you think, like, the whole world's against you. That just comes with being a teenager, yeah. period. And then add racial and gay, gay yeah. issues on top of that. It's yeah. like great. I literally am the only one like me in this godforsaken school. Well, see, I think if, if he didn't explain like the spirit stuff and ectomist stuff really well, or maybe he did and it's like, hey, hop on toward the ride because this is what is existing and I don't have time to explain it. But he explained the whole school setting, the whole reason why he feels uncomfortable very well. Right, yeah. right. He yeah. did. Yeah. He did. Chad's a dick. Miss Kingston is a freaking bitch, too. Which is one of the teachers, and she's always calling him out for stuff, even though he's just like, look, lady, I'm just trying to survive, and you're making things worse. You know what's horrible, too? Is, like, he didn't do the reading, and he's like... Because this is English class. Yeah, like, I didn't do the reading, not because I can't read, but because I didn't want to. But you have to think of that extra layer of, because I'm black, she probably thinks I'm stupid. Yeah, like I'm illiterate or something. That sucks. Yeah. And so we learned that Benji and Jake's home life is kind of rocky just because their mom is a, um, she's an airline pilot now. Which is kind of badass. Right. She was a stewardess. She worked her way up to pilot. But that means she's gone like 50% of the time. So she'll be gone for like two weeks and then she'll come home and mm-hmm. then she'll be gone, etc. And she kind of looks at Jake to be the man of the house, even though Benji's older. Mm-hmm. But because Benji's kind of like this hot mess, Jake is the responsible one. Yeah, so. she's always like, oh, I knew I could trust you. And it's like... Like, make sure everyone's fed. Make sure your brother doesn't throw any raging parties. And he's like, when does Benji ever listen to me? Yeah. Also, Why are we looking to me, the younger one, to do this? I have my own problems. And if you asked, you would have no idea what I was going through. But okay, I'll watch my older brother. So what this book does is we have, so we have our protagonist in Jake. We have our antagonist in someone named Sawyer. So the book flips back and forth between Jake's perspective and Sawyer's perspective. We find out through reading that Sawyer is dead. Mm -hmm. And this is because he became a school shooter, shot up his school, which is a different school than Jake's. And now he's coming back as a ghost to get the people he missed. Yeah. Um, I will say that the switching POVs, I generally don't like that. I don't either. But, but I this actually one was liked done it. pretty well. It was done so well. And I mean, I don't know if he has mental illness or the author or he talked to someone with mental illness, but it was really good in the mind of someone who was like disturbed. Who would commit that much of a crime because Sawyer, so Sawyer, our antagonist, you know his home life is just screwed up so he lives kind of removed in the woods with his family his dad left when they were younger he was abusive and he tried to eventually kill himself and so now he's on like psychiatric hold and he's on watch so his mother and his sister are always watching him but all he wants to do is go into the world or go into the woods 
and lay down with the bugs. Well, also... He also likes to torture the bugs, which yeah, is concerning. Not okay. But he was supposed to be at the psych ward for like six weeks. Mm-hmm. But because people kept asking his mom about Sawyer, she was starting to get kind of embarrassed. And so yeah. she took him out, which is like... Is this for you or is this for him? Yeah. Which clearly we all know that it was for her to keep up appearances for some reason. And he goes to a consistent therapist, but... This guy doesn't give a shit. He's just like... But also, Sawyer is a very unreliable narrator. For sure. So it's like, does the therapist not care? Or is he just so in his head that he's written off every single adult? To be honest, I 100% agree. When I had gone to my therapist appointments... My therapist would just be looking at, like, the survey that I had taken before. Mm-hmm. And she's just going off of it. And I'm like, like, wh- okay, are you helping me at all? But then after that, she would come sit on the couch with me. And I was like, yeah. okay, cool. It's about me now. But he never got past that point because he wrote off his therapist. He's like, this guy just wants a check, so I'm not going to give him anything. Well, if you don't give your therapist anything, they can't help you. But also, like... He wasn't in the place to want to be helped either. No. Yeah. I'm surprised he even wrote in his journal. Yeah. So he got this assignment to write in his journal. And that's what we're reading. We're reading his journal. And then you start learning about an uncle of his who the mom enlisted to kind of be like his fatherly role. Surprise, surprise. The uncle is a pedophile. And the uncle tries to sexually assault Sawyer. And this is what makes Sawyer snap. He decides to aim a gun at his uncle. His mom comes home and shoots him. He She shoots Sawyer. Well, his Sawyer shoots his uncle in the kneecap first, Oh, that's right. I and then that. his mom shot him. But all he thinks is my mom shot me. Well, also, the fact that you didn't take my word for it. Yeah. Like, I'm so deeply disturbed to you that you can't take anything that I say as fact, apparently. So he goes to school the next day and shoots up to school and then he dies. So that's how Sawyer dies. So we're reading in his journal and this takes place over the course of the book. So that was the summary of just Sawyer's life. Yeah. But we'll we'll get into how that kind of blends into him and Jake. Yeah. So Jake comes home one day from school after being bullied and just ridiculed and all that fun jazz. And there is bloody initials written on his wall, S-A-D. And so him and his brother come home and Jake is like, oh shit, like what? And then it turns out his brother can see it too, which is definitely doesn't happen usually. Because Jake sees a lot in what he calls the dead world. And so he is like, is this something that's seeping through dead world that only I can see, which is what most of it is. But this time his brother also reacts. So he's like, oh shit, this is real life. Yeah. And I think earlier that day they had found out that their neighbor across the street, a kid named Mateo, Mateo. had passed. And it turns out he was one of their survivors of Sawyer's school shooting. And so SAD, Jake finds out that those are the initials of the, the kid that shot up the school. And so he Sawyer puts, Dune. Yeah, he puts two and two together. And so then we start realizing that Sawyer is basically haunting Jake. Sawyer has decided that Jake is the perfect person to inhabit his body. He's like, you're picked on, you're bullied. So if I can just break you down and break your spirit to live, then I can inhabit your body and finish my work a lot easier. Which is so crazy because we find out later on that that's basically what he did to a lot of his other classmates that he ended up finding. Yeah. Where he just ended up 
killing them, sucking up their souls so he could get strength. Yeah. Like, bro, it's already so hard for me. So now he's trying Come to do on. the opposite, where he's not trying to kill Jake, he's just trying to take his body. Yeah, let me he take He doesn't his, want his soul, he wants his body. Yeah, let me take your spirit um, all the way down to zero, and I'm just going to swoop right in so that you don't have the energy to fight me. So this is where, okay, this is where I thought the book was headed in a completely different direction. Okay, yeah, I texted you about yeah, this, yeah. but I was like, I'm going to save it for the podcast. Okay, so we meet... The love interest. Okay. At Lestaire. Yeah. Which is like, that's an awesome name. Like, are you an aristocrat? That's an awesome name. Like, Thomas O'Malley? Like, what's going on here? Yeah. I don't know what's happening. Yeah. Anyway. Dope name. So they have kind of like a flirtatious back and forth, and they're getting along really well, and he's like, oh my God, does he like me? Does he like me like me? Or is he straight, but you know, just really wants to be friends. And so Jake is like, well, I can't say anything because I don't know if he's going to be a homophobe and end up, like, turning on me and then I won't have a friend. Yeah. But they end up going on, like, a cute little ice cream date. And he's like, but I'm realizing that Sawyer could hurt him. Yeah. And they team up with, uh, what's her name again? Fiona. Fiona. I don't know why I can't remember her name. They team up with Fiona and they decide to go into the woods and get high together. And Jake confesses to Alistair that he can see the dead. Just cutting in before that. Okay, so here's something that happened that kind of helps with this part. So Benji had a party at their house. Their mom was out of town. And uh, Jake got drunk, was passed out the whole time. Grady was super pissed at him because he was supposed to let him into the party, but it didn't happen. So after the party... Jake is like, oh my God, this house is so dirty. Let me call on Benji to help me. He opens Benji's door. Turns out he's having sex with a chick. Oh, that's right. And so he's cleaning up the house and then he starts checking the house cameras because after the whole initial thing being written on the wall, his mom got cameras for the house. And so when he's looking at the footage, there's a camera pointing in Benji's room showing him having sex. So there's footage of it. And then he finds out that it's actually Chad's girlfriend. And so at the time I'm like, why aren't you telling your brother that there's a camera pointing in his room? Like, that would be number one. Right? And also, Chad, again, is the bully. Yeah. Remember, Chad is the bully. Yeah. And so the next day, they go to school. Turns out Sawyer somehow is tech savvy and, like, released that footage of Benji having sex with Chad's girlfriend on TikTok. And everybody's super pissed at him. Chad becomes meaner than usual. And... Chad and Benji get into a fight. Yeah. And then... Um, and then Grady gets pissed at uh, at Jake because he didn't let him to the party. So they stop being friends. And that's how him and Alistair start talking. Because yeah. Alistair's like, that sounds pretty bad. And he's like, I don't care. And so... I don't like that kid. I, he just follows me around. I like that Fiona and Alistair stuck with him after yeah. that. So then fast forward to what you were saying. Yeah. yeah. They so they're in the out. woods. They're smoking a joint. Jake confesses to Alistair. And then Alistair tells Fiona... And it turns out Fiona's grandma was also kind of psychic. So they all kind of band together. This is where, okay, it, this does not happen, right? But I was slightly disappointed that it didn't. Ryan, take notes. <laughs> <laughs> I thought we were going to get like, because they all sit down and they're like, oh, let's research this Sawyer kid. Let's see if he yeah, has family. they were being like NCIS. I lines. <laughs> so badly wanted a Ghostbuster situation. Oh. I wanted a team up. I wanted all three of them because they oh, do. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They do. Um, 
some work together. We'll get to that in a second. But I wanted the rest of the book to be all three of them yeah, as a team. Mm-hmm. Or at least him and Alistair. Because I think that would... I don't think their relationship was as fleshed out as I wanted it to be. No. It definitely ended. Um, like, the book itself ended kind of abruptly on their relationship and I kind of wanted a little bit more build up. I wanted a little bit more. Well, maybe he's not a reliable narrator either, right? He's thinking that how why is this guy into me? And so he's probably like not even noticing the more of the little things that Alice yeah. is doing. No, and I get that, but I just wanted for my own personal fan fiction universe oh, yeah. for all three of them to be this like adorable couple with their side best friend who beats a ghost together. And I thought that would have been cute. That is not what happens. Yeah. So um, Jake is like, okay, so obviously Sawyer's trying to ruin my life. He releases footage to get everybody against me to make it easier to break me down. And everybody does go against him. Yeah. And it's horrible. Yeah. And so that's when he's talking to Fiona and Jake or Fiona and Alistair. He's like, yeah, I need to figure out how to get into this guy's head. And Fiona's like, yeah, maybe he had a journal. And so then they find out where Sawyer lives and they go to his house. (laughs) And Fiona's like, trust. Okay, so in context, Fiona is a white girl. Alistair and Jake are both black. Mm -hmm. So Fiona was Asian. Was that not the one? No, she was white. Okay, sorry. Because they were like, oh, the white girl, she's going to use her privilege to go talk to Sawyer's mom. That's right, that's right. And so they're like, okay, we're two black kids. We can't get caught breaking into someone's house. Yeah. Into a white family's house. We're going to get shot. In the middle of the woods. Yeah. Which is even more questionable. Where Sawyer, at least we know, was a gun nut. His family probably is too. I'm not trying to get shot. Yeah, like, I kind of want to take my chances with the ghost. So Fiona's like, I got this. Which is so adorable. So she's like, I'll text you. Yeah, they were all high and she's like, I got it, bruh. So we have no idea how, but she convinces the mom to let her in. She distracts the mom. Jake sneaks into Sawyer's bedroom, finds his journal, causes a ruckus. Sawyer's sister bursts in and is like, Mom, call the cops! (laughs) (laughs) That's how I heard her voice in my head, by the way. And so Jake runs out. Fiona runs out. They jump in the car. They're like, drive, Alistair, drive! Fiona had the smarts to put a piece of paper over their license plate that said, sorry. Yeah, like, my bad, sorry. <laughs> sorry you broke into your house. Our bad after your son became a school shooter and killed himself. Our bad. So then they drive away with Sawyer's journal. And this is where I did like this. It made me really sad. But I liked the blending of Sawyer and Jake. And you could see how Sawyer was starting to seep into Jake's life. Mm-hmm is that the more Jake was reading the journal, the more he started understanding. Yeah, he started empathizing. And to be honest, when I was reading it too, I'm like, this kid had no chance. No, no chance. No chance whatsoever. And it's... He was a sociopath from the beginning. Of course, you don't want him to, like, kill people. But, like, he literally had no chance. Yeah. Oh, but um, another random part that happened. Jake ends up visiting his, like, medium friend, Miss Josette. Oh, yeah, that was really random. She gave him the most useless advice. Like, hey, so you need to tell him to go away, but, like, strong. Like, be strong, be confident. I know you're a 16-year-old boy with no confidence. And you're gay, so... But we need you to be really confident and banish the spirit. And he's like, what the hell? Like, okay, well, thanks. I'll walk home alone now, feeling even more dejected. So... He realizes that he's going to need strength and confidence to defeat Sawyer. Mm -hmm. But the more he reads Sawyer's journal, it's almost like the more 
he gets warped into Sawyer's mind. Oh, yeah, he's like, why don't I take some of these tips? Like, <laughs> hmm, Sawyer didn't let people F with him. Ooh, I, I bookmarked the part where um, Jake loses his so his mess on Chad. Jake is in class, in English class. They're talking about the Crucible. Just as an asterisk, I've never read the Crucible. Me neither. So I didn't get this part. I mean, I got it in terms of the story and the context, but we never had to read the Crucible, so I don't know the plot of that story. Yeah. So basically, they're in class talking about this, and of course, Chad has to say something, and he's trying to be antagonizing to Jake. And he's like, I had a taxi driver tell me all about the witches in Africa once. They look like regular black ladies, but they're bad spirits, and it runs in their bloodline. They all pass that spirit-seeing stuff down their generations, like even African-Americans have it. And then um, the teacher's like, okay, does anyone else have anything to say? And Chad's like... She's kind of trying to diffuse it, but she's not trying hard enough because she honestly doesn't care. Yeah. And so Chad's like, I think Jake should speak since we're talking about slaves. And that's when Jake <laughs> crawls over the kid next to him and stabs Chad in the hand with a, with a pencil, which was so badass. Ouch, by the way. Ouch. Deservedly so, but ouch. Yeah, like... After everything you've seen this kid do to him, y'all can't even bat an eye that this is what took, that this was the straw that broke the camel's back. But this is where Jake does end up sounding a lot like Sawyer. So Jake goes, he, you know, obviously goes to the principal's Which office. Which I love this part too. I love it. He sits down with the principal and the principal's like, you know, you know, you started this. I don't know what I'm supposed to do here. He's like, I didn't start it. He's been bullying me all year, but you guys wouldn't care. So I never said anything. So what are you going to do? It's not my job to figure out what to do. He's like, um, I mean, you need to decide the punishment. Jake's like, I'm not the principal. And I'm the student. Literally, you're scared to make a decision because you don't want to come off as racist. Yeah. So And we all know you are. So pick a, pick a, pick a lane. Yeah. He, Jake's like, it's up to you, bro. And then eventually... The, the teacher or the principal's trying to talk himself out of it, and Jake's like, okay, deuces, bye. Also, quick side note, he makes note that the principal has, like, alcohol in his breath, and I'm like, what? The principal is just casually drinking at school? Yeah, he's, like, probably doesn't get too much trouble, and so now he's like, fuck, I don't know how to discipline kids because I'm drinking all the time. How dare you ask a kid that's being sent to you for stabbing someone what they sh- you should do to them? That's like, like my parents being like, well, what do you think I should do? I'm like, well, I obviously don't want you to spank me, and I don't want to be grounded. So clearly, my opinion on my punishment <laughs> can't be trusted. That's why you're the parent. Like, what are we doing here? If I let had my brothers, I'd rather you just let me go and yeah. nothing happen. Let's have a nice chat about why I acted out of turn, and then uh, call it a day. How about that? Just, you know, brush up the whole hand. Also, we all know if I pick my own punishment, it's not going to be suitable. This is why I hated in school when they made you grade your own work. Mm. You know what? I'm giving myself an A. Yeah. Okay, I think I deserve an A because I put in a bunch of effort and I cried three times doing this project. And they're like, do you really see this as an A project? Bitch, if you already had a grade picked out for this assignment, grade me. Seriously. like It's not my job. Like, I don't get paid for that. Like, just tell us that this is another lesson about yes. how we need to be honest. Because either it's English or it's, like, a moral lesson. Like, what? Yeah. Yeah, so I was, like, I was infuriated reading that, too. I'm like, this guy I was guy like, I'm is... going to throw a table out the window. Yeah, like, you need to grab another pencil and stab this guy. <laughs> yeah. 
So then Jake goes home and his mom has been calling him and calling him and she's trying to figure out what's going on. And she's like, I don't even know you. It's like, yeah, you don't. And so we finally find out what kind of was the catalyst in Jake's life for being as reserved and quiet as he is. And it's super sad. And you can see why he has a tie to Sawyer is that this is where we find out definitively 100% Jake is gay. Yes. He has been gay his whole life. Mm -hmm. He has known he has been gay Mm -hmm. for years. Mm -hmm. His father was very religious and very Christian Mm -hmm. and did not believe in that. Yeah. And when Jake bought a magazine with... It was a trans woman, right? A trans woman on the cover, his father beat him. Yeah, lost his mind. Almost to the point of death. And his mother just stood there and let it happen. And he claimed, Mm -hmm. in his perspective, that the mother looked like she almost agreed with it. What's really bad about that, too, is, like, at that age, and also while that's happening to you, you are not in the mindset to think, gee, maybe my mom's not stepping in because she's dealing with stuff, too. Right. You are angry that yeah. your mother is complicit. You're not being protected. Behavior. Yeah, it's like, like, your your own, like, status and comfort comes before me. Right. That's that's so right. sad. And so Benji is actually the one who steps in, pulls her dad off of him. He runs away. And he ends up living with his grandma for a while Mm -hmm. because of all that. And we do learn that the mom eventually kicks him out. Mm -hmm. And she raises her two boys on her own. And that's where we get where we are now. Yeah, so after that, Jake ends up running to the park. So he screams at his mom. Yeah, yeah, yeah. He says, it's your fault. You didn't stop it. You couldn't protect me. And he runs away. Yeah, he runs to the park that he used to run to back when they lived in their own old house with their dad. Right. And This part was... So he kind of is to the point of giving up. He decides, you know what? What's the point? Mm -hmm. I'll let Sawyer win. I'll die. I don't see the point of living if my own life is just basically a living hell. Yeah, like, I'm fighting for my real life and my spiritual life, too. Like, what the heck, (laughs) Too much is going on. Yeah. Because at this point, we haven't touched on it too much, but Sawyer has confronted him several times at this point. Dude, he's making him see stuff that's not even there. That whole bathroom scene, I was like, oh my god. There's, like, a bathroom scene where Sawyer is making, like, spiders and roaches appear, and they're, like, crawling out of Jake's ear. And it's all fake. Like, it's all from the dead world, from the spiritual world. And Jake knows that. He's trying to rationalize it, but everything looks so real. Yeah. So he's at this point now, like, his spirit is nearly broken. And so he goes to the park, and he kind of commits to just dying. Yeah, he's, like, on a carousel, like, hey, so goodbye. I'm gonna die now. And he ends up in dead world. Yeah. And he... No, I think think some raids come to find him, to attack him. And then, like ectomist spirits come around him and then he gets like astral projected or whatever into dead world yeah he astral projects by the way that's thrown out very casually yeah but um he meets his grandfather which is so cool and his grandfather is like um we don't just lay down and accept death that is not what we do yeah like you don't get to give up like you need to like fight this thing 
And then he ends up coming out to his grandfather and his grandfather just starts laughing like, bro, you're not the first person to ever be gay. And if you live your life, it'll give courage to those in the future who need to look back on someone and say, they did it. I can do it yeah. too. It was so, so, I did cry a little yeah, bit at this part. I did cry a little bit. That was amazing. I'm was like, like oh. dang, I wish I could talk to like grandma or grandpa spirits and it'd be like that. That's like... That was so reassuring to know that no matter what, this thing that's been following you all the time that never had a face, it was like the faces of your your ancestors. As a tangent to this, because it made me think of this and this is why I started crying. I cry a lot, obviously. I mean, emotions. It's hard. Um, have you ever seen Coco? Bitch. I only saw that movie once. <gasps> I can't believe you asked me that. I cry. I. Every time the movie ended same thing the movie ended and i was still sobbing and i told sobbing i told jay i cannot watch this movie again i've watched it several times since then because i do actually really love it it's so good but But the the ending with oh i'm gonna start crying okay so podcast there's this video i saw did i tell you about this no okay about this family the mom was pregnant but she ended up losing the baby like you know, sometimes infants die for whatever reason. Yeah. And so they had um, they had set up an ofrenda, I believe that's what it's called, yeah. for the baby. And they had a son who was like maybe three or four. He had seen the movie Coco. And that basically taught him that like, even though the baby's not here, the baby still has an existence in our hearts. Oh my gosh. So he was singing the Remember Me song. Oh my to her picture. I'm just sob right and to there. Be honest, just sob. I'm like, that's such a great narrative to tell a child. Like, yes, it's, it's sad, beautiful. but we'll always remember her as she was. And I'm like, God so, dang it. This part in the book, I got very strong Coco vibes, and that movie makes me cry. So oh. this part in the book made me cry. Yeah, if you if you want to discern if someone's a psychopath or a human, have them watch that movie. If they don't cry, they're a murderer. <laughs> probably. Because you as soon as he here. starts Sing and remember me to his abuela. I was like, I'm gonna go cry for 30 minutes. I'll be right back. It was, oh my god, I'm so happy that her dad finally got remembered because that was. <gasps> if y'all haven't seen Coco, just watch, watch Coco. It. Yeah, my god. Anyway, the only reason I'm so mad. Sorry, super tangent. We're going off of right now, but it's okay. <laughs> it's our podcast. I can do what I want. The only reason I did not see Coco in theaters because I really wanted to see it in theaters was they made you sit through a 20 minute Olaf from Frozen random short. Oh yeah, it was that springtime one, right? 20 minutes. Yeah, like I like- I want to see Coco. I don't want to watch Frozen. I don't need to watch a whole other show before I can watch Coco. Let me squeeze this in because you pay for it. (laughs) And it was because they didn't believe that Coco would make enough money. And so they added the Frozen short to try to get people to come in it chased me away. That's, I'm here to see Coco, not Frozen. That's pretty sad. Yeah, super sad. It made me actually very angry. Is it angry. because it's like not a story of white people or what? That's exactly why. They just didn't want to say it. Disney! So I didn't watch Coco until like a year ago. Mm-hmm. And I finally saw it and I was like, oh my God, this is so sad to be and honest, adorable and wonderful. Yeah, I did not think it was going to hit me like that. Hit me hard, man. Hit the only hard. other movie that makes me cry that hard is Up. Okay, but only the first, like... Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just the first part. 
The but first like 10 minutes of Up. Coco destroyed me. The rest of Up, the only thing I like about it is the dog. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So where were we? So he's in the park. He's talking to his grandpa. His grandpa's like, dude, people are gay everywhere. You're not anything special. Like, calm down. So be the example you want to set in this world and you need to freaking survive because I'm your grandpa. Yeah. And so Jake is like, hell yeah. And so then after the spirits disappear, Sawyer shows up and Sawyer's like, hey, what's up, dude? And Jake's like, why do you keep attacking me? Like, why don't you think that I'm going to help you? And so he's like, oh, so if, like, I took up your body now, you wouldn't fight me? And Jake's like, yeah, no, I wouldn't. But in Jake's mind, he's like, I'm going to get inside this guy's head to see, yep. like, what I can do to really officially end him once and for all. So Sawyer goes into Jake's body. We this, officially have mm-hmm. Sawyer, Jake. They're together. They're one. It's crazy. Yeah, it's very interesting to read that. So Sawyer, as Jake steals the car. Well, he bursts in on Benji mm-hmm. and takes his gun because mm-hmm. Benji has a gun for reasons. Yeah, because their dad gave it to him. It's that's like, right. That's also another reason why you were probably divorced. And Benji was like, what the hell? And he's like, I'm not Jake, bitches. Bye. Yeah. Runs out, steals the truck, drives he, to Sawyer's uncle's house. He goes to the store first and gets right. kerosene and stuff. And he's like basically antagonizing the register person. Like what? What, 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 what? <laughs> like trying to start stuff. It's like, bro, calm down. Like I have a body now. I can be intimidating yeah. even though I'm in this scrawny 16 year old kid. Yeah, like calm down. So Sawyer goes to his uncle's house deep in the woods because he remembers where he lives. To be honest, I ain't mad at this part. Right? Like, Rapists need to die. Sorry, they just do. Yeah. Don't be breathing my air. Yeah. Anyway, so Sawyer, as Jake, is basically torturing his uncle, and his uncle's like, why are you doing this? Doesn't he shoot him in the other kneecap? He does. Like, let me go ahead and make this. No, he stabs him in the kneecap. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. And then he, like, steps on the knife, too. I, like... Oof. Oof. It would infuriate me, too, to think that this guy was living a normal life. Right. After you had... When his mom shot him, she came into the room, whatever. Rod's like, he just, like, brought me in here. Like... I don't know why he did this. Freaking liar. And so the uncle is like, why are you doing this? And he's like, you're a rapist, remember? Yeah, like, if you can guess who I am, I promise I'll stop. And so he's guessing all these stereotypical black names. Joaquin... Like, Devon? Yeah, like, I should just kill you for that alone, you freaking so racist. He's like, actually, I'm Sawyer. And he's like, Sawyer? And then he kills his uncle. So his uncle dies. Mm-hmm. Which, I will say, they give a small blurb to the fact that, uh, spoiler alert, Jake does win, obviously. Jake has a momentary, like, oh, I guess I'll have to come to grips with the fact that I killed someone. My thing is... Okay, so this demon obviously covered his tracks tracks so well that it'll never come back to you. Yeah, how weird! I'm like, so bizarre. Do you serve jail time because of this freaking spirit? Or I'm I'm sorry, that was the weirdest part. Yeah, for me, I'm like, okay, uh, you're still black, bro. Anyway, Atlanta, like, come on. So he ends up lighting everything on fire, but then Jake realizes that Sawyer is actually afraid of fire. Mm And so that gives him enough strength to realize that he can actually beat Sawyer. So they have this like ghost on ghost battle because Jake ends up astrally projecting. And then for a second, Sawyer is the only one with control of his body. Mm -hmm. And so Jake is fighting his own body. And then Jake astral projects Sawyer out of his body. Then it's like ghost on ghost action. Finally, Sawyer is 
defeated. Okay. Just rewind another part that we forgot to mention. Just Are you going to bring up River? Yes. Okay. okay. I forgot about River, too. Me, too. Okay. So, in one of Jake's mopey-dopey parts, when he felt like he didn't want to go to sleep because he didn't want Jake, or not Jake, Sawyer, to harass him, he went to the school that Sawyer went to. It was closed down for whatever reason. Obviously, maybe people don't want to go to a murder school. No, I think it was just after hours. It was after hours. Yeah. So, he falls asleep outside, and he kind of astro-projects out of his body and, like, wanders to school. And inside the school, he's basically seeing the moments of, like, a lot of people's last moments of their death before Sawyer comes and harasses them. And so he comes upon, like, a closet, and a girl named River is hiding in there. And basically, she's been there for however long, living the moment that he finds her because her phone vibrated and kills her. And so they end up touching. They, like, touch spirits. She gets into his body. Sawyer shows up. And that's when River's like, yeah, F this dude. I'm going to get my revenge. And so she helps kind of get him away. Yeah. She punches him. Yeah, she punches him. Ghost punch. Yeah, and so basically, since she had that closure, she was able to kind of move on to the next part of her life, go to the spirit world or whatever. So jumping now back to the battle, ghost on ghost battle. It gets to the end. River shows up. So badass. And drags Sawyer's soul away to hell. Yeah, man. Sawyer turns into a ghoul. It's described like his eyes like get sunken in and stuff. And River's like, ching. Time for you to go to hell, biatch. Yeah, so cool. And so River and Jake kind of have this last conversation where he's like, what'd you do with him? She's like, I brought him to hell where he belongs. Absolutely. And so they kind of are like, you know, why do you think we're still connected? And he's like, you know, maybe because we shared bodies. She's like, I hope not, because that means you share a link with Sawyer for the rest of your life. And she's like, I think it's just because of friendship. Yeah. And she's like, I want you to do me a favor. And she leaves him a letter that she wants him to give to her mom. And so he does that for her. And then she can kind of finally rest in peace. So it's kind of, you know, it's a sweet ending to that. So now... Jake is exhausted, he's beaten, he's back in his body, and he calls Benji, and he's like, hey, come get me, come get me, I need your help. So Benji comes out and get him, and the next scene we have is Jake waking up in the hospital. Mm -hmm. And so then Jake wakes up, him and Benji have, like, a chat, and Benji's like, yeah, I believe you now, because, like, there's no way the Jake that I know would steal our mom's car and crash it. Yeah, because you totaled it, bro, by the way, FYI. Yeah, so it's nice that um, he realizes that. And that's when he realizes, Jake realizes, like, hey, my brother's been for me, like, from the beginning. Like, he was the one who always defended me against our dad. And that's when he also realizes, too, that his dad, like, Jake and Benji's dad, was beating their mom and also beating Benji. Mm Mm-hmm. And he's like, I never put it together that what I experienced, Benji had been experiencing for years before I was born. Mm -hmm. And so they have like a nice little bonding moment. Jake comes out to his brother and his brother's like. I already knew that, bro. bro. I knew Uh, you were gay. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. We all know that you're gay. And he was like, do I act gay? And he's like, it's just who you are, man. Yeah. Like, it's not a surprise. (laughs) And they have a nice heartwarming moment with the mom where he finally gets home from the hospital And she apologizes, but he's like, you're the best mom. You deserve so much better than what you were given. Yeah, and she she worked her ass off to provide for them the way they needed to be provided for. Yeah. Yeah. So So it was great. Yeah. But 
he also comes to the conclusion that he wants to be switching schools. Mm -hmm. He's like, I'm not happy here. I'm not happy amongst all these kids who are super racist. I'm not happy with all these teachers who are always antagonizing me. Yeah. Just because of the color of my skin. You know, God forbid they find out I'm actually gay. And then what will happen to me? For sure. And so... Previously in the book, Alistair had admitted to him that he had feelings for him. So now Jake is like, now that Sawyer isn't after me, I can actually have this. So I'm really glad that he didn't totally dismiss it. Because they were, like, waiting for Fiona to, like, give them the signal to break into Sawyer's house. Yeah. And Alistair's like, hey, this might not be the best time. And, like, Jake didn't say anything. But the whole time afterwards, he's like, I would love to say I like you too. But also, I don't want you to get killed. By a deadly ghost. Yeah, you're a pawn in this whole demon thing. And so the end of the book is him admitting to Alistair that he likes him as well. And they share a smooch. And it's very sweet. super cute. It was kind of sad, though, because, like, after they left the restaurant they were at, Jake is like, I wish we could hold hands, but, like, I'm not there yet. And so Alistair brings them to an alleyway, and they, like, make out. it's like, ooh la la. Super cute. So that is the end of The Taking of Jake Livingston by Ryan Douglas. I keep having to look at the book because anything longer than one word as a book title, I forget it's immediately. It's like, whoa, a whole sentence. Whoa. <laughs> so closing thoughts. What did you think? How did you like it? Go. I think I will give it... Out of 10 ghouls, what are you going to give it? I'm going to give it eight ghouls. Eight ghouls. Only because, listen, I've been reading books since I could read. And I'm really good at understanding things. And so the beginning was very confusing to me. It was really hard for me to stick my feet in and really understand what direction I was going. Right. And again, that might just be me. It was very confusing. Once we got to like halfway, we met Alistair. I was like, oh, here we go. So yeah. that was fine. That's the only qualm. Also, the excessive use of similes. My A lot of similes. God. And I'm like, okay, this is YA. Maybe young people really need to picture things to understand things. But I was like, does everything need to be described as something else? My it doesn't. God. It doesn't. See, I, I would give this a solid 7 out of 10 ghouls. Okay. 7 out of 10 ghouls. I did like the book. I do recommend it. Like, if you have oh, a lazy Sunday. I would Sunday, have loved this book as a kid. I would have loved it. Yeah. I think if you are under the age of 18, this is a solid must read. Absolutely. However, once you get a little bit older, it's a little bit harder to relate to the high school writing. And this is nothing against Ryan Douglas whatsoever. Mm-hmm. This is simply the type of genre Mm -hmm. I've started to realize that like even going back and reading Princess Diaries, I don't like them as much. Mm. I would give Princess Diaries, especially like the first couple ones, a solid like five out of 10. Wow. Because it's just very childish. Childish. Yeah. And it does have a little bit of that, but I think tackling the real world issues. And then once we actually get into the ghost battles, I did enjoy it a lot more. I also really, really liked that they put, the bad guy's um, point of view in it. Yeah. That helped a lot. And that honestly kind of like really humanized him. Because you think yeah. of a school shooter, you're like, wow, you're a freaking monster. But it's yeah. like, yeah, no, this guy had a life and it sucked. Yeah. And he was a monster. Don't yeah. get me wrong. They don't ever, Ryan Douglas never paints him as like an anti-hero or anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like he is a villain. He is a bad person. But 
it kind of explains how one would be driven to that. Yeah, especially if you already have the inclination to be that way, yeah. which Sawyer did. Like, Sawyer was already a sociopath. Mm-hmm. And then you take everything else that went wrong in his life, and you can understand. It doesn't mean you agree with it, but you can see it from his perspective. You know what's interesting, and I just thought about that. His point of views, I mean, apart from, like, the whole, like, clearly you were suicidal and you want to hurt people, very Holden Caulfield. Very Holden Caulfield. Yeah, where it's like... You're saying different things than what's going on in your head. Yeah. And you know that you're blatantly lying. To yourself. Yeah. And you know you have other motives, but it's like, we'll just keep that close to our chest and everything's happening to me because of whatever reason. So whatever. Yeah. Yeah. So I did enjoy the book and I do recommend that if you want, like, it's a very quick read. Mm -hmm. I got through it in maybe three hours. Yeah. So if that, honestly, I've read it while... I was at work. (laughs) She is a great employee. I'm a great employee. You know, it was a slow Friday. What can I say? Anyway, so if you want to check it out, The Taking of Jake Livingston by Ryan Douglas, it's really good. It definitely explores the challenges of being a black kid in a white environment. It definitely explores um, being gay in a relatively heteronormative society. But it also does it in a way that's very grounded, and that's what I liked. It wasn't this, like... Stabbing it, shoving it down your throat. Right. It was very simple. It was very straightforward. So if you want, like, a quick, easy read with a little bit of horror, this is a great book for yeah, you. Yeah, it was really good. They, he did a great job. And, of course, the things I didn't like about it, it's probably because I'm freaking 29. <laughs> right? It's like, I'm almost 30, and I can't relate to high schoolers anymore. But it's a good read. I recommend it. There it is. Yeah. So next month, I think Athaya just picked out what book so we're I be went, reading. I went to a used bookstore and I bought this. I'm like, nice. okay, finally a book we both have. Finally. Because I have like three or four books that I want to do future podcasts on that I haven't read yet. So I told her these are the books I have. So she has picked out. Uh, the Curious Incident of the Dog in the Nighttime by Mark Haddon. So that is going to be next month's book. So if you want to read that before our podcast, feel free. And um, we hope to see you in the next one. Yeah, of course. Um, Follow us on Instagram, Twitter, go to our website, novelideapodcast.com. If you want to contact us, talk to us, whatever. Comments, questions, concerns. Yeah. All right. And it better be positive. Just kidding. Constructive compliments only. Yeah. All right. Yeah. Bye. Bye.